Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to the first episode of Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host Wa'il and um let me let me tell you what is the purpose of uh this podcast um so the purpose of this podcast is simply to educate people whether they're muslims or not or non-muslims about islam about the truth about islam the true religion of islam there's a lot of misconceptions out there even for certain for some muslims and inshallah uh, this podcast will aim to correct those misconceptions or even add uh, to our uh, you know missing knowledge um, uh, this is not in any way trying to preach Islam. Uh, I'm preaching the truth about Islam. I'm showing people what Islam is, and that's basically the only purpose of uh, of this podcast. Uh, <clears throat> uh, if you have any questions or any uh, you know uh, topics that you would like me to cover, any confusion about Islam, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com. And I promise I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Now, um, let's start with uh, what is Islam exactly, right? So what is Islam? Uh, Islam is simply an Abrahamic religion, <clears throat> like uh, Judaism and uh, Christianity. Uh, we have now available in our world three Abrahamic religions, right? Um, Islam is the final religion. Uh, Muslims, we believe that that's it. No, There is no more religions after Islam to be revealed. Uh, it's all, It's been almost 1,500 uh, years that Islam was revealed, uh, and this is the final message of Allah, of God. So now Allah is, uh, for those of you who do not know, is literally, uh, to Muslims, the main name of God. God God's, has so many names. Actually, he has yeah, numerous names, a lot of names. One of them, or the main one, is that's being used is the Allah. <clears throat> now, uh, so that's yeah. That, so we believe also as Muslims that uh, uh, ultimately, uh, Jews, uh, Christians, and Muslims ultimately have the same God. We ultimately have the same God. Uh, and I'll ex- I, I, I will elaborate on that in a, in, in a little bit, but like. For now, let me explain to you what is an Abrahamic religion. <clears throat> Some people might be confused. So an Abrahamic religion is a, re- a religion that basically follows the, the the teachings or the preachings of Prophet Abraham, uh, peace be upon him. And uh, actually, Prophet Muhammad, which is the, Muslim, the, the, the Prophet of Islam, is a, the, a descendant of Prophet Abraham. He's actually from his family, from the descendant of Ismail or Ishmael. And yeah, he is uh, one of the uh, uh, grand, grand, grandsons of Prophet Abraham. Uh, those of you who do not know, <clears throat> for those of you who do not know, um, also Islam is a very straightforward religion. Uh, I know that certain people, uh, certain uh, uh, you know entities out there, are trying to uh, you know uh, uh, make it look like it's a very complicated religion. It's a very uh, diff- difficult religion. It's a very backwards religion, very violent, oppressing women, and all these stereotypes. And let me tell you this: if my religion was any of this, 
of these, you know, uh, claims, if, if it had any of these claims, I would have been the first one to leave it. I would have been the first one to leave it. Uh, but alhamdulillah, uh, thank God, it's not. <laughs> not even close. To me, Islam is the perfect religion. Muslims are not perfect. We're not perfect. We can make mistakes. And that's when people, you know, say, oh, this is what Islam is. No, this is what that person is who happened to be a Muslim. Um, now, let me explain to you a lot of things about Islam that <clears throat> people maybe uh, don't understand. Now, I want to compare it to the to the other Abrahamic religions, Judaism and Christianity. Uh, <clears throat> what I said, uh, you know, a few uh, uh, minutes ago that it is ultimately we ultimately have the same god and actually this is mentioned in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran wa ilahana wa ilahukum wahid our god and your god is ultimately one what do you mean by that well uh, for example in christianity uh, we have uh, the father and the son right the son is jesus christ and the father is you know the father now what we believe the father we believe that the father is the only God. He has no sons. And we'll talk about the differences between, you know, religions. But for now, we just, Muslims believe that God is one. One. That's it. He's one. He has no children, no family members. It's only one God. And that's it. Right? And what Christians call the father of Jesus is literally our only God. Right? And we believe that Jesus Christ is a messenger of God. Exactly like Muhammad sallallahu uh, Same thing for the God of the Jews You know, uh, Yahweh uh, 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 And, uh, you know, the God of the Jews the, 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 You know, the, the, the one that they pray to Is the same God that we pray to as well But again, we approach God in different ways From Christianity and Judaism And I'll explain that So that's, again, it's that simple It's really that simple, you know Now uh, Muslims see God in in a, in a in a in a certain in a certain way and approach God in a certain in a certain way that are that is different from you know other religions and 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 that's going to be my focus. So, for example, what we know about God is that He is one. That's it. And this is mentioned many times in the Quran. Actually, Allah. Uh, uh, th does not uh, even approve the notion of people claiming that he has a son or he has, you know, a spouse or he has any family members, any associates, if, uh, any associates of any kind. Allah does not have. Allah tells us this in the Quran. Actually, that becomes associating someone with Allah, whether it's a son, whatever, uh, another god. Uh, the Trinity, you know, uh, Gabriel, you know, the Holy Spirit, whatever you as associate in terms of like worshiping, it becomes something called shirk. And shirk, and I will explain shirk in the future, inshallah, is nothing but associating or associating someone with God. And this is forbidden in Islam. You cannot do that. We worship Allah and Allah alone. God only. That's it. We treat uh, uh, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu He's a pure human being The best of mankind, yes uh, uh, Jesus Christ uh, A sinless human being You know, a great Prophet and a great messenger Yes, is he divine in any way? Nope, 
That's according to Muslims, of course. He's not divine. It just doesn't make sense for us. Uh, and Allah proves this in the Quran a lot that, you know, Allah has children. And we could talk about a lot of things, you know, in terms of like, you know, how Jesus, it doesn't make sense that he is God because there's a lot of, you know, verses in, in the Bible that technically proves in, in itself that he is not God, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of situations where he acted like pure human, like the fig tree, for example, when he was, you know, was hungry and wanted to eat. Uh, 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 from uh, the fig tree and he discovered that the fig tree had no figs in it and it got him upset and he cursed the tree this this event this this incident on its own proves that he's not god he's not fully god because that's the claim right uh, and he's fully human too uh, it just doesn't because if god number one he knows everything right and this is mentioned in the bible he knows everything so of course he knew that the uh, fig tree does not have figs in it so why was he surprised or upset Second of all, God created the fig tree. He could have snapped, you know, his fingers and ordered it to, you know, grow instantly figs. So why instead he got upset and cursed the fig tree that he himself created. So it's just there's a lot of a, a lot of things that, you know, Muslims we 100% believe that God cannot manifest in human form. We actually here's here's the interesting thing. We actually believe that God is never seen by anyone in in any in any form. And we're only going to see God on the day of judgment when we are resurrected. Um, so that, yeah, that's it. Uh, another thing is uh, we believe that angel Gabriel is, is, is an angel. He's not divine in any way. You know, he, he is actually is named the Holy Spirit in, in the Quran too. Just doesn't make him divine. He actually do, does nothing without uh, taking permission and command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It just doesn't make sense that this 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 universe has more than, you know, one creator. You know, it, it just it won't work. You know, because what are the responsibilities of the father? What are the responsibilities of the son? What if they not don't get along? Uh, what if, you know, they disagree on some sort of a decision? Like, would the sun not rise one day and rise to say, just, there's a lot of things that, you know, and we believe that, you know, the, 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 this whole father, father uh, and son uh, gods is adopted from paganism, you know, for the, like, the, the Romans adopted, you know, uh, thousands of years ago in terms of, like, Zeus and the son of Zeus and, you know, Poseidon and all these gods with their children and, you know, the angels with the halo and all these things. It came from paganism. It's straight up from the, you know, came from paganism. So, again, Muslims do not entertain the fact that, you know, there is an associate to Allah in any way, shape, or form. Um, but that doesn't mean that Muslims hate anybody who's a non-Muslim. That's actually a huge misconception because in the Quran itself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us if the non-Muslims are not horrible to you, they're not attacking you in your own religion, be nice to them. If not, just you know, leave the land and, and, and go or don't even deal with them at all. Quran or Allah does not tell us to declare war on people because they're non-Muslims. That's kind of a ridiculous notion that doesn't actually exist in mainstream Islam. You know, if there is a war or whatever, it has to be for certain reasons that a war should take place. But being sneaking around and trying to like, you know, take out all the non-Muslims is a ridiculous notion that really does not exist in Islam. Now, some people 
there's there's bad apples everywhere. Some people will claim that they're doing bad things in the name of Islam. That doesn't make Islam promoting these things. That does not, you know, first of all, that does not justify what they do. Number one, again, some Muslims drink alcohol. Muslims are not supposed to drink alcohol. Does that mean Islam is okay with drinking alcohol? Nope. Some Muslims, you know, engage in premarital uh, sex. Uh, they have uh, they commit adultery. They have intercourse before marriage. Islam prohibits that, and I'm pretty sure uh, all the other religions prohibits that too. Does that does that make it? Does, does that make Islam okay with that? No. So when people you know use violence or you know do certain things in the name of Islam, that doesn't mean that Islam is like that. And that's what I'm trying to clarify to you guys here. Now, another thing uh, is that. Uh, uh, when, when it comes to God, we have a very, uh, we know about God what God told us about himself. So that's a rule in Islam. We know about God. We cannot claim anything about God. There's a red line, literally, like there is a hijab between us and God. Hijab means a blockage. There is a coverage between us and God that we cannot cross. We can't curse God. <laughs> this is ridiculous, you know. It it, it doesn't show, and, and I know sometimes in movies to show someone is really like you know such a a, a cool character or such a, a brave character. They curse God sometimes, you know, and they claim certain things about God. It's actually dumb. Uh, with, with with all the respect, you know, it's actually very dumb. It's really you think cursing God, the one who created you, giving you life, giving you whatever you're having right now in terms of because we believe everything comes with the permission from god everything comes your house that you live in your family that you have your job that you have it all comes from god intended for this to happen to you and we'll get to that i promise we'll get you know more advanced in the future but we believe that everything good comes from god everything bad is coming from us and god allows it for a wisdom that he knows sometimes Allah shows us his wisdom and sometimes Allah keeps the wisdom for himself to test our own belief. So when we curse God, the one who gave us everything, it's really not... Imagine you go and curse out your boss for being nice to you. Just because. It shows a lot about your character. So yeah, there is a line that we cannot cross in in, in when it comes to God. Uh, like I, I know in, in, in certain uh, beliefs in, in Judaism, God uh, gets upset. He's regret. He sometimes regrets creating mankind, and that's a that's an issue for us. Again, with all due respect to you know the Jewish faith, the the, the Christian faith, we just respectfully disagree with a lot a lot of you know the theology, and that's why we have three different religions. The won't it won't make sense if we agree on everything. That means we should all be combined into one religion, but that's not you know the fact. Um, God does not regret because if if the if the Creator regrets, that means we're in big trouble. That means we are in big big trouble, right? Uh, so that's that's another uh, misconception that you know, uh, or reality that Muslims you know we have a high praise and regard to God. We cannot uh, talk about God, claim about God what we do not know. Uh, only God tells us certain things about Himself, and because some people might claim, okay, God is capable of everything, right? Yes, He is. Okay, so that means He can eat, drink, can use the bathroom. Right? 
technically speaking, yeah, God is capable of anything. He could do that, right? Here's the thing. God, yes, is capable of doing every anything he wants. But that doesn't mean he's willing to do anything or he's going to do anything. God is above a lot of things. Not being able to do something, that doesn't mean that you have to do it. Again, that's why we go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us what does he do and what he doesn't do. That's what 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 he does you know what he does and what he doesn't do. We have to understand that this has to come from Allah. We cannot use analogy. We cannot say, well, because he can do anything, then he could do this. Nope. When it comes to God. Because using analogy requires a full understanding of the subject, right? When you use analogy about something, that means you fully understand what you're talking about, hence you're using the analogy. The thing is, you'll never fully understand God, because he is God and you're a human being. It's that simple. You, Allah won't make you understand him fully because he's God. He's beyond our, our, our understanding. He gave us certain things to believe in him, to uh, prove his existence, and that's all we need to worship him as well. That's it. That's what we need. So, again, Muslims are very strict when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, depicting God and, you know, worshiping and approaching uh, God. Uh, again, we respectfully disagree with with any other religion that has a different image of God. Whether he uh, makes mistakes, whether he has, you know, associates and and, and so forth, we uh, respectfully disagree with that. Um, another thing is, um, Muslims. Uh, again, Islam is we believe that it's the final religion, meaning that we believe that any religion that came before us. We affirm it as long as, here's the thing, it preached that there is one God and it asked you to follow the messenger. So, for example, when Moses came to the Jews, that was Islam. That was, in a way, Islam. It's, 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 it's you know, it's we believe that everybody's a Muslim. Now, Islam, the word Islam meaning submission to God, submission. A Muslim is someone who submits to God, right? And I'm pretty sure mainstream media, we know that. Um, so we believe that Moses was a Muslim. Just because it's the same religion, you have to understand. We believe that it's the same religion. Certain things changed, uh, you know, uh, uh, throughout history and throughout, you know, time. And actually that brings me to a really good question. Why did God send so many religions if it's all one message at the end of the day? That's a good question. Why did God send so many religions if it's just a one message? Well, let me let me give you this example. Let's say that you are blessed with a child, right? And then uh, this child started walking when they were like two years old or, or whatnot. And once you saw them walking, you look at your spouse and say, you know what? They're ready to go to college. Does that make sense? Would you truly send them to college once they started walking? No. So why? Why can't you send them to college? Because number one, they're not mentally developed yet. They're not physically developed yet. So they have to go through the stages of, you know, school. They have to go to kindergarten and then they have to, you know, go to uh, the first grade, second grade, blah, 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 until, you know, high school. And then they go to college because that's how you prepare a human mind. Same thing when it came to us, human beings, and sending different prophets. 
it was all one message, but every time a, 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 an upgraded message is sent, it has extra stuff because humans were more ready. So the human beings at the beginning of the creation are different from the human beings now. Now we're ready to fully accept Allah's commands, Allah's rules to, to be able to use them to go to paradise, hopefully at the end of time. But before, people were not ready. You know, people weren't even ready to pray five times a day. But they were ready to accept that there is one Lord. That's all they needed to acknowledge. And do some sort of for, some form of prayer that was different from now. People were not ready back then. So Allah started, you know, little by little introducing the religion to them. And from, after one, from one generation to another, Allah started, you know, once in a while, once, once they forget completely about God, and that happened a lot. Allah would send a new prophet with a new message, a new messenger with a new message, and that was it. We were not mentally, human beings were not mentally ready for the full revelation. And now, I mean, 1500 years ago, human beings were ready. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew because he knows everything, he knows the future, he knew that communications, he knew that you'll be listening to the podcast right now and gaining knowledge about Islam. It's that simple. Communications will be open more advanced than back in the day. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given the full religion and the final message to the Prophet, Prophet Muhammad Also we have the Quran which was revealed in the span of 23 years. So our Prophet Sallallahu Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu was uh, uh, a prophet in the span of 23 years. He was a prophet from the age of 40 to the age of 63 uh, he passed away uh, and when he passed away you know he passed away with the end of the revelation so Allah revealed the last you know couple of verses in the Quran and after that that was his lifetime um, a lot of people ask why wasn't it revealed all at once why what did it take 23 years for the Quran to be revealed you know uh, verse by verse or you know couple verses at a time uh, the answer is the same as the first uh, question, which is, why did Allah send many message, uh, messengers and took his time to send his message? Muslims were not ready in the beginning to have all the Quran revealed to them. You know, actually, prayers were not even mandatory in the beginning of Islam. You did not have to pray. It was voluntarily. And it was, I think, only two rakahs, two rakahs only. Now we pray, you know, five times a day. Some are four, some are three, some are two. Again, they were not ready. You know, you just told people that they have to worship one God and they have to embrace a new religion. You can't give them all, you know, the rules and all the, the knowledge all at once. They'll get confused. And this is from Allah's wisdom. Allah prepares us mentally. So little by little, again, Allah knows that this generation and the generation before were ready to fully accept the Quran. So that's it. Muslims now, let's, let, so now this is, you know, the revelation, this is, this is God. Uh, Muslims follow uh, basically two main sources of the religion. The Qur'an is our main source, and there's only one version of the Qur'an, and Allah promised that there will only be one version of the Qur'an. Now, that doesn't mean that people didn't try to, you know, uh, edit something in the Qur'an, but they always failed. And that's why you only see one version of the Qur'an until this day. And so this is the first source, the first main source. The second main source, which again, it's only two main sources, is the Sunnah. Now, what is the Sunnah? The Sunnah is the way of Prophet Muhammad Now, the Sunnah also comes from Allah. So 
Because I know there's a lot of big misconception that they think the sunnah is rules that were put by Prophet Muhammad himself. That's actually not true. That's actually not true in any way. That's not true. Sunnah is basically stuff that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired the Prophet made him do and Muslims should follow it. Hadith is part of the sunnah. What is hadith? Is the speech of the Prophet again, something that was revealed to the Prophet by God you know, uh, and he's just said it in his own way, but it was revealed by God. So that's why Muslims have to follow it as well. Now, you guys notice that I say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and I say subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let me explain this too. When we say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I literally means may blessings and, and, and may peace be upon him. When I talk to Muslims, it's mandatory when you mention the name of the Prophet ﷺ, you have to say uh, blessings be upon him or blessings and, and, and praise be upon uh, him. So I say it in Arabic, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May blessings and praise be upon him or may Allah bless him and praise him. Um, and, and, and the word subhanahu wa ta'ala comes with Allah uh, because Allah is uh, the exalted and the highest uh, praised entity in this universe so that's why we say subhanahu wa ta'ala he is basically higher and above everything which is very true again like i said we're very respectful towards our sources of religion uh towards god above all uh now our bible is the quran the quran is exactly like our bible i mentioned that it was revealed in 23 years you know the quran is not chronological so the first chapter in the quran is not the first chapter that was revealed uh, by the Prophet ﷺ. Actually, Quran is, is, is organized by the Prophet ﷺ, uh, and the companions helping him. Now, who are the companions? They're technically like the disciples. Uh, they were uh, uh, with the Prophet ﷺ from the beginning of the revelation. They are trusted sources, uh, and uh, they are the highest of the believers. They, ha- they, are, they have the highest ranks among the believers. Um, so that's basically Islam, you know, Muslims are very normal people, <laughs> we're not free, we're not, you know, angry all the time, like, you know, certain uh, people uh, claim, uh, we're not uh, locked in a in a basement, uh, worshipping God day and night, and we don't do anything, no, actually, Muslims are supposed to participate in the society in a positive way, they're supposed to contribute in their society, even if their society was not a Muslim society, where we we have to participate, and uh, a Muslim should showcase what Islam is truly is. It's a it's literally the religion of peace. It gives you a peaceful mind, and it's a peace from the outside and the inside as well. Uh, so yeah, that's basically it. Uh, uh, we pray five times a day. When uh, every year there is the month of Ramadan that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala commanded us to fast in, so we fast for a full month uh, uh and that happens annually uh we uh, muslims follow the uh, lunar calendar which is the calendar that follows the moon which we call the islamic calendar which actually this calendar was created by prophet abraham himself uh back in the day and we're just following it uh, uh i mean we still follow the gregorian calendar don't get me wrong in our daily lives when it comes to islamic events uh we follow the lunar calendar that's all like Ramadan, it's not in a Gregorian calendar, it's more in a lunar calendar. So yeah, that's basically, uh, in a nutshell, what you know Muslims do. You know, uh, We as Muslims also have a mandatory charity that we have to pay. 
we have to pay uh, 2.5% of our savings. Now, it has to be our savings, not our running money. No, uh, it has to be in our savings account for at least a year. So let's say that you have uh, uh, $100 uh, in your bank account uh, for a full year. Then you take $2.50. You have to, after that year, and then give it to the poor. It's mandatory. You're sinful if you do not do that. And that brings me to an interesting topic, which is <laughs> a religion that forces charity in a positive way so we can feel one another. We can see uh, the other side, the poor side. You know, we can feel their pain and we can contribute in you know, making them uh, better and elevate their status. Cannot be a religion that incites violence. Cannot be a religion that promotes oppression and, and violence and, and, you know, oppresses freedoms and whatnot. Yes, we might not agree with a lot of uh, traditions uh, that are outside of Islam, but so what? We, dis- dis- we, we disagree with them respectfully. It's that simple, you know. Like a lot of uh, a lot of you know, like you know, Christianity sometimes from the West disagrees with certain cultures from the Middle East or uh, you know other parts of the world. You respectfully disagree, and that's it. You know, it's an Islam that literally promotes peace not violence again it's a religion that promotes compassion between human beings one another you know the prophet ﷺ tells us go and sit down with the poor person instead of just giving them money from far away and walk away don't pay charity thinking that you're better than this person and walk away no actually islam tells you you are no different this person could be better to you better than you in the sight of allah because at the end of the day, and this is something very beautiful about Islam, one of the most, like one of many beautiful things about Islam is that it's, we're being told in Islam by Allah that Allah does not see color. Allah the, the, does not see race. Allah does not see uh, uh, nationality or where you're from. Allah does not see gender. Allah sees actions, deeds, good deeds and bad deeds, and that's it. That's how our ranks vary in the sight of God, in the sight of Allah, by our deeds, not by our skin color, uh, our skin color, not by our uh, country, not by where we're from, not by our class, not by if we have money or not. Allah doesn't care because Allah is the one who gives you all this. You have to understand. If you're white, Allah made you white. If you're black, Allah made you black. If you're brown, Allah made you brown. If you're rich, Allah made you rich. If you're poor, Allah made you poor. If you're from this family. Allah made you from this family. If you're from, if, if you're uh, American, Allah made you American. Allah intend for you to be American. If you're British, Allah intend for you to be British. Yes, throughout your, you know, your one of your parents is American, or if your parents is British or, or French or whatever, it's through people. But it was Allah's intention. You were supposed to be the way you are. So those things don't matter to Allah because they all came from Allah. The only thing that Allah uh, sees, judge you by, is your own action. Because Allah does not force you to do certain actions. That's why we have the freedom of choice. We have the freedom of choice. Because we choose what to be in this life in terms of actions. And that's why Allah holds us accountable for the actions, not for anything else. So, yeah. And uh, finally, we uh, uh, Muslims, those who are capable mentally or... uh, 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 physically or financially to perform hajj hajj uh, uh, is is basically pug- 
pilgrimage is what you guys see uh like you can you can see it on the news you know in or on youtube or whatever uh when muslims you know uh um, do hajj day when we uh, go and and you know muslims go around this big black cube which is uh, significant in islam it's, it has a holy meaning in islam but nobody lives in it because it, it is called the house of god the house of allah but actually allah doesn't live there this is just empty it's at the end of the day it's just rocks uh, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, commands us if we're capable to perform hajj. Because hajj could be a very difficult thing to do if you're uh, physically unable or mentally unable. And when I say mentally, I mean like if you have some sort of disease, not mentally like you're not in a mood. No, when you have you know some sort of disease uh, and financially, because it's expensive to do hajj, to, 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 do, to perform hajj, it's, it's, it's a quite expensive. So Allah, and that shows you the mercy of Allah. That shows you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful, uh, that He is asking us if we are in the right conditions, we have to go do hajj. And I'm going to end with this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God, is uh, some people outside of Islam think He's, oh, your God is really scary. You're scared of God. Yes, we're scared of God, but in a good way. In a way that makes us do positive things. Allah is all merciful. And one of the greatest things about Islam is actually the hope, the message of hope, that if you're a bad person, tomorrow, not even tomorrow, today, right now, you could switch your life around and ask Allah for forgiveness. We know when you repent to Allah, we, you do not need an intermediary. You do not need a middleman. You know, you know like an, I know in Christianity, you have to go to confess to a priest. You don't have to do that in Islam. Your sin is between you and Allah and no other human being is supposed to know about it. And that shows you, like, there's a privacy, there's a relationship between the Muslims and Allah. Ask for his forgiveness and he's going to forgive you if you're sincere. And that's it. Now, you could do the same sin again, thinking that you were not going to do it, but then you eventually end up doing it. Forgive again and again. You know, there was this conversation between Satan and Allah. Uh, and by the way, Satan is not a fallen angel in Islam. Satan is straight up from the race of jinn. There's a race called the jinn in Islam. They're like humans and angels. They are intelligent beings that Allah has created. And Satan is from them. He's not a fallen angel because angels do not have the ability to disobey God. You have to know that in Islam, angels are very disciplined. They do not disobey God. They're not programmed this way. Allah did not create them to, to disobey God. So, hence, there can't be a fallen angel. Satan is from the jinn. And it's mentioned in the Quran. Kana min al-jinn. Allah tells us he is from the race of the jinn. Kana min al-jinn. So Satan had a conversation when Allah kicked him out of, uh, of paradise because he was a good jinn. He was a good uh, servant of Allah, a good uh, uh, one of the creation, but he he basically tried to tempt Adam because of jealousy and arrogance, and that's why Allah kicked him out of paradise. So, he, because he hates human beings, because he hates Adam, he said, "Oh, oh, Allah, I swear by your might." See, even he, uh, he's a disbeliever. We believe that Satan is a disbeliever, but yet he cannot deny the lordship of Allah. So he's now saying, oh, I swear by your might that I will misguide the son of Adam, every, the children of Adam, meaning us human beings, every chance I get. 
And guess what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded with? And I will forgive them every time they repent and ask for forgiveness. Until they die. And it is a message of hope. It's To me, it's nothing but hope. So again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that I at least explained, uh, you know, in, in in a very high level uh, uh, way uh, what Islam, uh, uh, you know, is, uh, and uh, you know, I dealt with some of the misconceptions. Inshallah, we will talk a lot about, you know, in the future. Uh, about, uh, you know, address a lot of the misconceptions and a lot of, you know, uh, theolog- theological things in Islam. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.